Yeah. Second thumbs up is to get into the house. be with you all. There it goes into the Lord's house to, as always, to worship him this day and to receive his gifts of word and sacrament. Why don't we rise and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Clybaker and it is my privilege to be your announcer on this the second Sunday in Lent. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is the organist, Mrs. Susan Zinniger, and the acolytes are Carson Ray and Jack Goodman. Today's radio broadcast is being sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn is God Loved the World So That He Gave, found on page 571 of the Lutheran Service Book. May God bless us as we worship together. And again, that's page 571, God loved the world so that he gave. before we continue on with our service today. First of all, as I'm sure all of you uh, heard by the, either by mouth or by um, the phone tree that went out, due to the illness at the school, the carnival will be postponed to Friday, March the 24th, and school will be dismissed at one o'clock on that day. So because of the illness that we had in our school, the carnival is now moved to Friday, March the 24th, with class getting out at 1 o'clock on that day. The office will be printing the new annual directory this week. Please notify us with any address, phone number, and email changes that you want added or removed. And then also, we are continuing our adult Bible class on the book of Matthew at 8.45 in on Sunday mornings over at the school. Sunday school also begins at that time for our little ones as well. Uh, if you are in need of nursery care at any time during the service, it's just right outside and to the left. The ushers can assist you to where that is if you are in need of it. And that is all the announcements that we have for this morning. Let's open our service today then with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so very thankful for this day. This is the day, Lord, that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We ask now, Lord, that as we worship you, 
that you would open our hearts, open our minds to these words, Lord, that you have for us, these words of love and hope and peace and comfort and the good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, we ask, as we always do, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. We open with our hymn, God Loved the World So That He Gave. It's hymn number 571, God Loved the World So That He Gave, number 571. begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant. Children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. We pray together. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 9. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you of a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and of you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, 
and Lot's his brother's son, and all their possession that they had gathered, and the, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land, the place of Sharon, to the oak of Moor. And the time the Canaanites were in the land, that the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give you the land. So he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on till going to the Neb. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will now have the anthem by the men's choir. Thank you very much, Men's Glee. At this time, it's time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Mr. Griman. So all the young disciples, come on up for the children's message. 
seat there. This morning we're going to be talking about something that's going to kind of lead into pastor's sermon a little bit, but I want to get you thinking along the same thoughts. Simple question, but maybe not so simple. How many of you remember the day you were born? You remember that day when you came out of your mom and do you remember that day? No. Any of you out there remember the day you were born? No. How could we have a day that we don't remember, don't know anything about? It was a long time ago. Yeah, for me and some of the others, it was a very long time ago. But we don't remember the day we were born. Do you remember the day you were baptized? You remember the day you were baptized? When someone held you right here and pastor maybe put some water in your head, you remember that day? Some of you might have been a little older. I don't remember the day. I think I was like a couple weeks after I'd been born. Did you have anything to do with that baptism? You personally? Uh-uh. I think everybody's head better be going, uh-uh. I didn't have anything to do with that day. My mom and dad brought me to baptism, but they really didn't do anything. Pastor, what did pastor do? Maybe put some water in our head, and he says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But did you and I have anything to do with that baptism? No. So who did have something to do with that baptism? Cordell? God and Jesus, yeah, we're the same person. We baptize you in the name of the Father, who is God, and of the Son, who is Jesus, and in the name of who? The Holy Spirit. Very good. The Holy Spirit is the one that came to us during our baptism. What did he do to you, to me, during our baptism? He, oh, he didn't die. No, no, no. He didn't die this time. He started the forgiveness of sins in our life. Because of that Holy Spirit starting that work in us, it says we now, each and every day, we daily drown the old Adam, the sinful part of us, and we start a new day. In my religion class, I used to think of a little whiteboard. When I get up in the morning, it's clean, wiped off, nothing on it. But by the time I get to the end of the day, it's kind of covered with a lot of scribbles, a lot of sins, a lot of things. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I sure messed up today. And he says, that's all right. I love you. I gave my life for you. The Holy Spirit started that faith to grow in you. So let's clean it. 
And he cleans it, and we start over each and every day. So what, what I want you to remember from this morning's message and listen to Pastor is you and I had nothing to do with that starting in our life, that forgiveness of sins. And when Nicodemus heard he needed to be born again, he scratched his head and he says, can I crawl back in my mother's womb and be born again like that? He didn't quite understand this, the spiritual nature of what God was saying to him or what Jesus was saying to him, being born again. You and I have been born again through baptism, and we have the Holy Spirit beginning that and continuing until the day we die. What a grateful person you and I should be to God, the Heavenly Father, that he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son for us, that if we believe in him, we shall never perish but have everlasting life. Will you pray with me and after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for my baptism. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Starting a new spiritual life in me and all other believers. Help me to grow each day closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may go back. Thank you for coming up. Epistle reading it's from Romans chapter 4 through verse 1 through 8 and 13 through 17. What then shall we say that is gained by Abraham, our forefathers according to the flesh? For Abraham was justified by works. He has something to boast about, but not before God. But what does the scripture say? Abraham believes God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. How to the one who works, his wages are counted as a gift, but on his duties. But to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his flesh, faith, is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one whom God counts as righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, and those sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord has not counted his sins. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heirs of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the inheritance of the law who are to be the heirs. Faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, and there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offsprings, not only to the inheritance of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, and who is the father of us all. And is it risen, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom we believe, 
who gives life to the dead and causes existence of things that do not exist. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To the Lord your God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. The hymn for today is All Who Believe and Are Baptized, page number 601 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, All Who Believe and Are Baptized, page 601.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, grace, mercy and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the message today is the gospel lesson that was just read. You'll want to have that in front of you because we'll be going through it as we go along. Babies have very little choices. As a matter of fact, they probably have close to zero choices in their lives, especially before they are born. You see, babies have no idea how they are born. They have no idea who their parents are going to be. They do not get to select who their parents are going to be. They don't, they don't get to select who their brothers and sisters are. They don't get to decide if they have brown hair or blonde hair or red hair or blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes. They just don't get those choices. They are completely and utterly at the mercy of God, of how God makes them, of how God forms them, of how God creates them to be the people that they were created and intended to be. And so this is kind of how Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus what is going on, what it means to be, to be born of water and of the Spirit, to be born from above. And Nicodemus just doesn't understand this. He doesn't quite grasp the concept. And so let's take a look at that in our gospel lesson. Starting at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and this man came to Jesus by night and says to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Remember, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. These are people who, as a group, are really against Jesus. They don't believe in the things that he is teaching. They don't believe that he is the Messiah. But there's one, Nicodemus, who is curious. Curious enough that he wants to go talk to Jesus. And he comes at night for a couple reasons. Number one, because he probably doesn't want to get seen by his other brethren. And number two, because he doesn't want to come to Jesus to argue with him or to debate with him. He simply wants to learn more. He wants to know more about the teachings that Jesus has been doing. And so he does that by night. Going on to verse 3, Jesus answered him, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, you, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And now this throws Nicodemus through a loop. He doesn't get it. Jesus says, well, you must be born again. Well, Nicodemus says, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And you could, if there was a if there was a facepalm emoji, Jesus would just be like. And he says this a little bit later on. Are you, you are a teacher of Israel, and you don't get this? You don't understand what, you could almost hear him asking, what exactly are you teaching these people? And so Jesus explains to him in verse 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It's that last part that we're going to focus on specifically for this morning. What it means to be born again. In the original Greek language, this phrase has a couple of meanings. But the one that we are going to focus on specifically is the one that says to be born from above. And so that's what Jesus is intending in this particular verse. That's how precise that the Greek language is. This has that particular meaning, to be born from above. So what does that mean? What does that look like? The question can, of course, and should, of course, be asked, well, why must we be born again? Well, according to Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, we are spiritually dead. Let's take, I'm going to take us to that very quickly. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. Paul says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Dead people can't do anything. Dead people cannot think about God. People who are dead cannot make any moves toward God. And the cause of death, which is, of course, sin, makes it impossible for us on our own accord to have any place in our hearts for God. We must be born again. We have to be born again because we cannot raise ourselves up. We cannot bring ourselves back to life. What you will begin to see is that God must do it. God must do everything. According to Psalm 121, uh, verses 1 through 2, it says this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. We were helpless until the Lord came to save us. We had no opportunity, no chance at all to be saved, to help ourselves. So we lift our eyes and it is the Lord who comes and rescues us. And just like Abraham in our Old Testament text from this morning, we had no idea of the new life that Christ has for us until Christ showed it to us. Verses 14 through 15 of our text, we are doomed until God lifted Jesus until until God lifted Jesus up on the cross. Verses 14 through 15 reference this, but in the Old Testament. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. God sent snakes to bite the Israelite people, and the only way that those people were saved is by looking upon a bronze serpent that was lifted up before them. And they were saved. 
In the same manner, we were doomed. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We had no hope for anything, especially everlasting life, new life, being born again. We had no hope unless God lifted up his son on the cross. It's really cool how the Bible works. How you see it both in the Old Testament as well as the New. Now, we must be careful. We must be careful because in this day and age, there are sort of two meanings to what it means to be born again, to be a born again Christian. And the question that is at the heart of these two definitions is this. Is to be born again, to be baptized, is it something that God does or is it something that we do? A prevailing thought still exists that to be born again means that you have found Jesus, that you have found religion, that after all, this life is mine to give away, and so I decided to give it to Jesus. And now you're able to believe in him a little bit better. You're able to follow his commandments a little bit better. You're able to understand him a little bit better. Now, not only is this view unbiblical, you won't find it in Scripture, but it just brings us back right to the first sin that our first parents, Adam and Eve, committed. We have always wanted to try to save ourselves. For whatever reason, this is still happening today. Even though we, it, it, and it even happens with us as Lutherans, yes. Yes, we profess and we teach and we confess that we are saved not by our works, but by grace. But how often do we feel so much better about ourselves after we do the good things than the bad things? How, much, how often do we feel that we are, well, maybe God likes us a little bit more today because I've done this or because I have done that or because I have made this right? It happens. It seeps into our thinking. But the problem is, is that we are still trying to find ways for which we can save ourselves. Adam and Eve tried to do this. We talked about this last week. Eve sees the tree that, that she is not allowed to eat from. And that third thing, she saw that it was good for food, that it was pleasing to the eye, and it was good for gaining what? Wisdom. Knowing the, the difference between good and evil. Trying to save ourselves. Well, I know what's best for myself, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's the same sin repeated over and over again. I gave my life to Jesus, they say, because it was mine to give. Are you sure? Are you sure that it's your life to give? Because according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we were bought at a price. Let me read that for us. Paul says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Repeat that after me. You are not your own. Once more with feeling. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. 
So glorify God in your body. You do not own your life in order to give it to Jesus. Not only because Paul says that we were bought at a price, but according to Genesis chapter 2, who is creator and who is creation? God is creator. We are creation. At what point in the course of human history did we think that we somehow separated ourselves enough from God that, well, I, I am my own person now. It's my life to give away, and so I choose to give it to Jesus, or I choose to give it to something else. You are not your own. You were bought, purchased, paid for at a price. And that price was, of course, the price of God's own Son. And really, thank God that it's not our choice. Thank God that just like babies have no choice as to who their parents are, that they have no choice whether or not they want to be born. They have no choice about what kind of hair color that they have or eye color that they have. Thank God that that was the case. Because we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And dead people cannot move toward God. Dead people can make no decisions for themselves. We were helpless, unable to think about God. We had no place in our hearts for God because of our sins, because of what caused us to be dead in the first place. But here is the most amazing part. It, it, it goes back to that hymn, Amazing Grace, right? The most amazing part about this is that even through that whole time, even though we, all of us have been infected with the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, our place in the heart of God was never lost. Your place in the heart of the Father was never lost, is never lost, and will never be lost because of Christ. He will continue to seek after you. He will continue to run after you. You are made in his image. You belong to him. One of my favorite parables that Jesus tells is the parable of the prodigal son. And it's not just because it has a happy ending at the end. I'm sorry, that, yeah, that, that it has a... Um, happy ending at the end of it. But because of the way that the father acts after his son leaves. The son leaves, takes all of his inheritance with him. Squanders it, as we know from God's word, squanders it on wild living, whatever that that was, but he lost everything. And so he says, well, I just, if I can just go back to my, father, to my father's house, because, well, his servants live better than I do currently, so I can just go back and be one of my father's servants. And so as the son is making his way back, Jesus says that the father was looking down the road for his son. Looking down the road for her son. He wasn't just busy doing something else. 
He wasn't just over here occupied with some other thing, some other, other job. No, his mind, ever since his son left, was on his son. And so he looks down the road for his son every single day that he has been gone. And then, do you remember what the father does the moment that he sees his son? He runs toward his son. This is not something that, that normal fathers do. He runs down the road toward his son, and before the son even has a chance to finish his sentence, he wraps the son up in his arms, throws the best cloak on him, goes and gets the best ring, puts it on his finger, and says, go kill the fattened calf because we're going to have a party. Because this son of mine that was once lost has now been found. And I love that parable because it is the, it is, it is the perfect image and the perfect example of the truth of our relationship to the Father. The Father continues, will continue, will always continue until the day that Jesus returns to look down the road for us. He will continue to seek after you. He has made that promise. He will never stop. He will never stop seeking you. He will never stop loving you. That place that is in his heart for you has your name on it. And it never goes away. So is it something that God does? Or is it something that we do? Thank the Lord that it is something that God not only does, that he has done, but that he continues to do. And he continues to do it for us daily. We have talked about this before. I liked Mr. Griman's example of the, white, the whiteboard. Every day that whiteboard sort of gets messed up with, with, with scribbles and writing and everything. And then, and, then, and then God simply takes his big giant eraser and goes, and it's all clean. And it's all pure and lovely and makes us clean and as white as snow according to what his word says. And so that is what I want you to take away from this message. That is what I want you to think about during this upcoming week, is how to be born again means to be born from above. To be given new life each and every day. That even though you and I were once dead in our trespasses and sins, God saw fit to send his own son to save us. And to make us clean and to make us whiter than snow. And surely let's recite together to close that John 3, 16. Some of you, I'm not sure, all of you don't even have to look at it. So let's say that together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Please rise. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is found printed on the back cover, on the inside back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the I Father believe in Almighty, one God, the Father Almighty, Almighty, 
maker of all things heaven visible and, and invisible. And of all and things in one visible Lord Jesus and Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, begotten God, light of light, very God and very God, begotten not being, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, for us men and for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. And was, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we're going to be doing offering just a little bit differently, uh, something that I want to try out. So uh, all of the young di disciples who are here, if you have an offering, I want you to save that until the very end. And then I'm going to ask you, all of you, to come up and just drop your offering in the offering place. We're going to call this a noisy offering, and you're going to find out why in a little bit. So with that, uh, we collect our tithes and offerings. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness place in the public marketplace. Hear the Lutheran Hour message each Sunday on the following stations. At 6.30 a.m. on KTXR FM 101.3 in Springfield, Missouri. At 9.30 a.m. on KKOW AM 860 in Pittsburgh, Kansas. At 12.30 p.m. on KRUM FM 100.3 FM in Rogers, Arkansas. Visit online at www.lutheranhour.org to learn about the Inspirational Lutheran Hour Ministries program or visit www.lhm.org. Any questions regarding the Lutheran Hour may be addressed by calling the church office at 417-235-7300. Trinity's adult class meets at 9 a.m. each Sunday in the cafeteria and fellowship hall of the school. Men's Bible study meets each Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. in the chapel. The Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study Group will not meet until after Easter. Additional study groups include Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study at 7 p.m. at the home of Tony Oberman. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Mondays at 1 p.m. For more information regarding the Bible study groups, contact the church office at 235-7300. We will soon be rejoining the congregation in the celebration of Holy Communion.
All right, and so ushers, yeah, just go ahead and bring those forward. Nobody's watching you, it, I promise. Thank you. All right, and now all of the young disciples, if you will come forward with your offering, please. Please rise for the offertory. prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First of all, for all those who are on our health list, uh, for Oren Fritz, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Esther Holly, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Brenda Lawmaster, Myron Reed, Rosa Marie Griman, Carol McIntyre, Morris Shane, Marilyn Stewart, Elda Nelson, Sandy Voskamp, Caitlin Kleibaker, David Hughes, Marv Henning. Also, a special prayer for Madison Williams, who is 13 years old and will be having heart surgery, and the family is requesting all of our prayers. Also, a prayer of thanks for uh, the birth of a new baby boy, Lofton, to Lisa and Jake Graves, born on March 7th. And also, a birthday today, Alice Helmkamp will, will celebrate 84, uh, 84 years of life today. And so with that, we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that it is by you and by your wounds that we are healed. It is by you, Lord, that we are born again, that we are born from above. 
And Lord, this is not something that is our own doing, and we are so very thankful, Lord, that it is not. We thank you, Lord, that you took what was once dead, dead in our trespasses and sins, and you have made alive once again. And we look forward, Lord, to that day, to that glorious day, the consummation of all things, when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will return once again, and he will take us all as his beloved children, children who have, who have had and will always have a place in his heart with him to eternal paradise. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for the school that we have. We ask, Lord, that all of the students and the parents and anybody else, Lord, who has been affected by this illness, that you would heal them. Uh, Lord, that you would bring healing to our school. Uh, Lord, and we uh, uh, pray for the carnival on the 24th, that everything would go well, that all would go according to your plan and to your purpose. Uh, And Lord, we give you thanks for this school, and we thank you, Lord, once again that Jesus is at the heart of it, that Jesus is at the heart of everything that we think, do, and say. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we pray for the nation and the world that we live in. Lord, we pray that where there is war or unrest, that you would bring peace. Where there is hunger, that you would bring food and that you would feed. Lord, also for all those that we know who are serving us in our armed forces, Lord, we pray for all of them. We pray that you would keep them out of harm's way. We pray that you would bring them all back safely to us. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we also lift up a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those that we have named on our health list. We pray, Lord, especially for Madison. We ask, Lord, that you would be with the doctors who will be operating on her. We pray, Lord, that you would grant to her a full, full health and full healing. And Lord, also be with, with her family as they are concerned about her. We pray that you would grant them the peace that can only come from you. And Lord, we lift up all those people that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we also pray for all of those that we know who do not yet know you, who do not yet know of the saving truth that you have so graciously revealed to us in, in your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, whether those folks are um, people that are family, friends, people that we work with, whatever the case might be, we, we pray, Lord, that they would come to know you. We pray Lord, that, we, that we would use this time of Lent and going on into Easter to be able to build relationships with them so that we can invite them, Lord, here, so that we can invi- invite them to church so that, that they can hear of the good news about Jesus. And Lord, we pray especially for all those that we know who do not yet know you, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. 
Finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We give you thanks that in, with, and under the bread and the wine is the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is in this sacrament, through his death, that we have received, Lord, the forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you, Lord, for this great and amazing gift that you have given to us. May it go, Lord, to the nourishment of our souls, Lord, as we ponder and give thanks for your gracious sacrifice for us. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. And so we pray together the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The first communion hymn will be Jesus Comes Today with Healing, page 620 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Jesus Comes Today with Healing, page 620. Our first communion hymn will be Jesus Comes Today with Healing, page 620 in the Lutheran Service Book. And our second hymn will be I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, page 618. Again, 620 and then 618, I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table.
Please rise. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And so now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our closing hymn, Sent Forth by God's Blessing, hymn number 643. been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you benefit spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with the members of Trinity next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen to the radio broadcast on KKBLFM 95.9 in Aurora, Missouri, or to the podcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker, and we wish you a blessed week.
Please be seated. Uh, at this time, I'd like to invite Pete and Grace to come forward. Also, Walt Brown, will you please come forward as well? Do you just want to stay there? They have elected to stay there, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, as all of the, I mean, no, yeah, guys, so come on up. Uh, as all of you know, Pete and Grace Doss have served this congregation very faithfully in a number of, of ways. But for the last 13 years, is that is that right? For the last 13 years, as custodians slash bell ringers slash light people slash flag people slash everything else. Uh, we really just wanted to take just a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, and uh, we are sad to see you go, but, uh, but of course, understand. Uh, and Walt has prepared this plaque for you. It says, uh, in grateful appreciation of your many years of loyal and dedicated service to our congregation, the members of Trinity Lutheran Freistat, Missouri, extend our deepest thanks and gratitude to... Pete and Grace Doss, and the Bible verse on the bottom says it's from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is my honor to be able to present this to you, and on behalf of the congregation, thank you, thank you, thank you. Be seated. Please, please, Pete, say as many words as you as you want. I'd like to recognize Stephen for greatly uh, the bell for me for the last year, and also for helping us on uh, Monday mornings to clean the church, and also our son Michael and, and Kyle for coming in and helping us turn these cushions when it was necessary. That's twice a year, so that's quite a job. Okay, that's all of the announcements that we have. Uh, I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week. Look forward to seeing everybody on Wednesday night as we continue our Lenten series on walking by faith. Seven o'clock Wednesday night, kids, you can wear your PJs. <laughs>